Our scripture today comes again from the book of Exodus. There's actually two um, passages of scripture today. The first comes from Exodus chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. And it says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? Let us serve the Egyptians. It wouldn't have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. That's a really positive passage, isn't it? When we're going to talk about it. The second passage is a little bit earlier, actually. Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt, ready for battle. I hope these scripture passages have piqued your interest in what we're going to talk about today. So let us pray. Eternal God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Last week, we began this final sermon series called Let Go, Leaning into the Future Without Fear, based on a book by Reverend Matt Majofsky. All of us are facing changes, whether they're changes of our own doing or changes that are forced upon us. And in this series, we're looking at the book of Exodus, and in particular, the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of Egypt to help guide us through the changes that we face in our own lives. By using Moses as a template, we will see how God often works and how we can step into an unknown future, trusting that God will be with us and guide us along the way. Last week, we started by acknowledging that we all have something that God wants us to be doing. And if you have that calling, you need to do it. And to do it, we must first be willing to leave home. And by home, I mean our comfort zone. I mean our safety net, our current reality. Because it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. Often the hardest step on any journey is the first step. And part of the reason that the hardest part of any journey is the first step is because we don't always know when we go to take that first step just where our, feet is gonna, our foot is going to fall. How many of you are familiar with the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? You can uh, do a thumbs up or something if you're familiar. It's the third movie of the Indiana Jones franchise starring Harrison Ford. The Last Crusade is about Indiana and his father joining forces to find the Holy Grail. This movie came out in 1989, and so if you haven't seen it by this point, um, that's on you because there's going to be some spoiler alerts ahead. But I, I gave you 31 years to watch it, so just putting that out there. If it's interesting, I highly recommend it. It's my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies. Now, toward the end of the movie, Indiana must go through the series of tests in order to get where the Holy Grail is kept. His father uh, had collected all of these clues to help along the way, but he's unable to join him in this final test. And so 
this last one is called the leap of faith. Indiana reaches this hole in a rock cliff, and he sees that the path is, there's a, there's a gulch that's very deep in front of him, and where he needs to get is on the other side of this gulch. There's a matching hole, and that's where the grail is kept, is, is beyond the gulch. It's too far for him to jump, and it's very deep. Yesterday, Jason and I went to Devil's Gulch up by Garrison, and you know, I just went far enough to get to peek down, and I thought, you know, I don't think I would try to jump jump over that. That would not be a pleasant way to, uh, something to experience. And so, but the clue for this particular test is take a leap of faith. And so Indiana sticks his leg straight out in front of him and then leans his body forward, almost certain at this point that he is going to fall to his death, but his foot lands on something solid. It turns out that there is a stone pathway that is disguised to not be detectable from the entrance, and Indiana is able to just walk across the gulch from one cliff to the other. But when he started that step, he didn't know where it would end. And that is a leap of faith. Our journeys with God also require a leap of faith. That's how God likes to work. I mean, look at Abraham when God calls him to leave Ur. God doesn't tell him where to go or why he should leave. It, it takes a huge leap of faith on Abram's part to leave a place for, for a place that God will show him eventually. Now Moses, at least in the first part of his calling, God gave him a pretty detailed plan. But that goes out the window once Moses needs to lead the Israelites from Pharaoh, from Egypt, into the promised land. Where to go and how to get there are not revealed to Moses at the outset. He has to take a leap of faith, trusting that God will guide him. There's a story that's actually not found in Scripture, but it's found in the ancient Jewish commentary on the Bible called the Midrash, and it's the story of Nashon. According to the Midrash, this commentary, before God would part the sea, the Red Sea, you know, that famous scene with Moses where the waters come up and the Israelites are able to pass on dry land, according to the Midrash, God wanted the Israelites to start by walking in the water as an act of faith and trust. Now, this was a dangerous thing because people could have been taken by the current and swept away. But basically, God was saying, get in the water and I'll part the sea. And the Israelites would counter with saying, you part the sea and then we'll get in the water. It was basically a standoff until Nashan, the leader of the tribe of Judah, decides he's going to do it. So he went in as far as his feet were covered and waited Nothing happened. So he went in a little further until the water was up to his waist, starting to feel the current a little bit at this point, but still nothing happened. So he took a few more steps in until the water was at his chest, this time pushing on his body, and still nothing happened. So finally he waded in so deep that the water was at his neck any further, and he would not have been able to breathe. And then God showed up. It was then that Moses was able to raise his staff and part the sea, but it was not before Nashan, who represented the people of Israel, showed his faith in God. 
It is only when we are willing to take that leap of faith to begin our journey that God is going to reveal the way. Does that make you uncomfortable? That God is asking you to do something without all of the details worked out? Kathy Stussy, Jamie Henderson, and I, a couple of years ago, participated in a youth cohort, which had, it was an amazing experience. We did it for a, a whole year, and we got to have a consultant. And they gave us great tips and, and uh, direction on how to build a, a good youth ministry, how to recruit volunteers, and all of that. And the number one uh, tip for recruiting volunteers that we were told was um, you do it for short amount of short amount of time, a set amount of time. You have all of the details given to the volunteer. This is the job we need. This is how long it's going to take. This is the tools you have available to you. And here's you know just hand everything over so that that they know exactly what they're getting into. And then and then people will commit. That's not how God works, though. Instead. When dealing with volunteers, God says, I want you to commit to me. I'm not going to tell you what I need you to do. I'm not going to tell you how long it's going to take, but it's probably going to be the rest of your life. And I'm not going to tell you um, what kind of tools you have to use. That's how God works. God doesn't give you all the information right away. God doesn't lay exactly everything out, and here's the plan, and this is how you're going to do it, and this is how I'm going to help you. Rather, God says, take a step, and then take another step, and then another. And when the time is right, God will reveal to you what you need to know. And hear me when I say what you need to know and not what you want to know, because those are very different things. And sometimes those things are very hard to discern the difference between. Our journey of faith, our journey of discipleship isn't about the destination, or at least it's not primarily about the destination. It's about the journey. And the first part of the journey is all about learning to trust God and learning our dependence upon God. If God gave us the whole plan from the beginning, the first thing that might happen is that we might not take the first step. We might look at the plan and be like, yeah, that's not for me. I'm not going to do it. Or the second thing that might happen is we think we could do it on our own. We don't need God. We've got everything laid out here. What do I need God for anymore? That we can make it to our goal without God's help. But that's just not true. We can't do that. So we have to learn how to trust God, and that requires some time in the wilderness. You see, the Israelites were traveling from Egypt to the Promised Land, which is modern-day Israel. Where they, that's where they get their name from. That's why we call them Israelites, because they used to be settled there before they went to Egypt, and now they're trying to return home. Now, to get from one to the other, you have to cross the Sinai Peninsula, which is part of modern-day Egypt. And the quickest route would have been to travel the northern part of the peninsula right along the Mediterranean Sea. But at that time, that region was settled by the Philistines. And God decided that that would not be the way that he was going to lead Moses uh, through the peninsula. Instead, they took a roundabout way and they traveled south around the peninsula. And the reason we have in scripture for why God chose this path was first that the Israelites, if they had gone through the region with the Philistines, they would have had to go to war. 
because the Philistines aren't just going to let them through. And they weren't ready for that. They weren't ready for battle. If they had to face that, most of them would have just said, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to our lives of slavery and oppression. And we heard that in the first scripture today where people were already like, this is too hard. I would rather be a slave in Egypt than to do whatever it is that you are asking me to do right now. So instead of going into war with the Philistines, God led them the roundabout way to avoid battle. But there was another reason that God chose to lead them in this way. The Israelites had a lot to learn from their time in the wilderness. God knew that his people needed time. Time to learn, time to train, and most of all, time to trust. They needed time before they could proceed to the place that God wanted to lead them. The Israelites were traveling to the promised land, but as a people, they were not prepared for the promised land yet. They needed time to relearn who they were and learn to follow God in particular. So they had to go into the wilderness. And we see that throughout Scripture, time and time again, that the wilderness becomes a training ground for people as they prepare for their calling that they have on their lives. We see John the Baptist in the wilderness before he begins preaching. And while he is preaching, he really liked the wilderness. We see Jesus go into the wilderness for 40 days before he begins his ministry. We know that the Apostle Paul goes off for three years to train before coming back and being the Apostle to the Gentiles. The wilderness is a necessary part of our faith journey. It doesn't mean that we must all go and find an arid desert place to spend some time in, but it does mean that we will all have time between when we start our journey and when we arrive at our destination where we feel a bit lost and a bit confused. That's the wilderness. And being in the wilderness doesn't mean that you've made a mistake or you took the wrong path. It means that you are learning and training to become the person that God needs you to be. Remember, that before God can do something new with you, God must first do something new in you. And that is true for each of you. But that is also true of us as the church. We must allow God to transform us from within so that we can have the vision and the courage to do new things that this world demands of us. We are living in a new world, new from the world that we lived in only a few months ago, and this new reality demands us to engage in new ways. But God cannot do something new with us until God does something new in us. And that can't happen until we start the journey until we take that leap of faith and journey into the wilderness. During this time where we are social distanced due to concerns of the pandemic, we are in a wilderness period. God has taken us from what we knew and what we were comfortable with, and God is asking us to trust in him now, to let him guide us during this time when it feels difficult to find solid footing. And in the midst of the wilderness, you will experience another change. And that also might feel scary and daunting, but it is not the first time that people have experienced that. The change happened for the Israelites between the leadership of Moses and the leadership of Joshua. 
That change happened in the wilderness. In fact, it needed to happen for the Israelites to actually reach the promised land. So don't resist what God is doing during this time of wilderness and wandering. Do not be tempted to bury your head in the sand and wait for things to return to normal because God has no intention of leading you back to Egypt and God has every intention of transforming you and transforming this ministry for the needs of the future. This church is headed toward the promised land, but right now we are in the wilderness on the roundabout way because there is still much to learn and there is still much to do. And you have a choice. You can resist and succumb to the fear of the unknown and be like the Israelites who argued to go back to Egypt, back to a life that they knew, but they knew it was hard and they knew it wasn't as good. Or you can take a leap of faith and choose to trust that the God who created you The God who has called you will be the same God who guides you through this period and on to a new reality even better than the one you have known. I think you know what choice I would make and which choice I would desire you to make. Be open to what God is wanting to do in your life and look to the future without fear because with God, What do we have to fear? Trust that even in the wilderness, you have something to learn. Amen? Amen.